One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we've got a crazy malicious compliance story where a nonprofit goes from $10 million a year to nothing. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, just keep the cooler full, shrug. So up until two months ago, I'd been working as the beer buyer at a bar. I love the job, through all of its faults, but our upper management, it's a small chain, really stopped listening to anything any of the employees had to say after COVID happened. The main complaint that every, and I mean every, location had was this new computer system we switched to. Apparently, some of the investors also had some connections with this new company. So we had to switch to their system because, you know, gotta make the rich people richer. Anyways, the system was heck. I mean, literally malfunctioned so frequently and so badly that our store alone had lost thousands of dollars because of it. Anyways, the system made my job as a buyer nearly impossible. I couldn't keep track of my cost because it was constantly inaccurate. I couldn't put in invoices because it had some stupid thing that did them automatically, but they were always incorrect and it didn't allow me to manually fix them. And I couldn't run any reports because the numbers were always way off. I complained to my boss about it very professionally multiple times, and then a couple of times not as professionally, and finally I just said, listen, you want me to keep my beer costs under 30%, but I literally can't even see what my cost is I would just do the math manually, but the reports are always wrong, so it would still be inaccurate. I cannot meet your expectations if I'm working blind, and I really do want to do well in this job. What do you want me to do? And she said word for word, forget about beer cost, just make sure the cooler is stocked. I had spent the past two and a half years meticulously keeping track of our cost, while that store went from $27,000 a week to $45,000 a week in sales, and suddenly they just didn't care about that? They were willing to lose an asinine amount of profit because one investor was going to lose some business relationship or something? So I did exactly what she said. I didn't mind cost. I literally didn't even look at prices when ordering. I just kept the cooler stocked, and I never even got to see the real numbers because I wasn't able to pull the darn reports but I know that the actual cost went way up. I had vendors coming in with samples saying, I know this probably isn't in your budget for this month, but... And I would say, nope, let's get it today, please. I didn't do anything that would literally put the company in jeopardy, but I know darn well when they do the math at the end of this year, they're going to see exactly when I stopped giving a care. A few weeks after buying some of the most incredible and expensive beers ever because I don't give a crap about cost, I decided it wasn't fair to me or the company to still be working at a job that I started to resent. So I accepted another position, which I have been loving immensely, but when I trained the person to fill my role, I taught them how to calculate cost in case they ever got a new system, but told them not to worry about it now because it was impossible. I said the exact words that I was told, just keep the cooler full. I still love the company overall and I hope they do well, but I also kind of want the investors to crap their pants a little bit once they run those end of year reports this week. Not that they'll be accurate. I just don't understand how you can have an employee 
on their own volition saying, hey, I'll calculate how much money we're spending, and for you to go, nah. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is, add 10 or more people to your reservation last minute? With pleasure. I had been working at this southern comfort food restaurant for about six years, as pretty much all front of house positions except for manager, so I was well versed in every position, and in this particular story, being the hostess. It wasn't uncommon for guests to change their reservations, whether it be time, party size, seating arrangement, etc. The most challenging change was always the party size updates. Unless a manager approved, we typically could only take parties as large as 8 people as it was quite the popular brunch spot and the maximum capacity was like 120 or something but we only had around 40 tables including the patio. The largest tables could only seat 6 people comfortably but we could make accommodations by putting tables together. Anyway, every Sunday for the first 3-4 to four hours we would have back to back reservations for every table and the timing was very tight. This is more of a general issue we ran into, where for some reason we would always have parties of anywhere between 12 to 20 people in reservations. Because money is money, right? Usually only half the party would show up and create more problems, as now they have multiple tables that I wasn't able to seat for people without reservations. On the flip side, lots of parties would reserve for 8 people and call a few minutes before their allotted time and say 10 or so more people were coming. Obviously this was an issue as they had nowhere to sit, but would constantly blame it on me as if I'm the one who couldn't stop inviting people to their 8 person reservation. So I then had the bright idea to start letting people know that we have room for them on the other side of the restaurant on the outside patio, which we left unreserved first come first serve. Most often than not, this bit me in the booty, but I complied with their last minute reservation change on the busiest time of the busiest day of the week. Maliciously. At least they got to enjoy some delicious fried chicken. P.S. This doubles as a malicious compliance with my manager's decisions to allow large party reservations, leaving me to deal with the backlash. It may be petty, but I was 18. I mean, if you're seating a reservation of 10 plus people and you're trying to get that last minute regardless, you should be lucky any place can seat you. Our next story is, I have to stay up front? Fine, then I'm not covering for your station. I have this problematic coworker. For the purpose of this story, let's call her Abby. Before I continue with this story, let me give you some background information. Abby is about twice my age, but we're at equal levels in our workplace. Apparently, Abby really wants to be a manager, but she isn't one. However, that doesn't stop her from acting like one. I'm lucky enough that usually my shifts don't align with hers, but occasionally they do. Almost always, if Abby and I are on a shift together, she's a closer. That means she'll tell me my cut work. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Food I have to portion before I can go. That's the only authority she has over me. Abby has a habit of being rude and bossy. Again, she really wants to be a manager, so she acts like one. There will be multiple occasions where she'll yell at me if the previous shift crew didn't do something, and I'll have just clocked in, but somehow it's my fault. She'll yell at me for not doing something when I'm actively doing something else. So if I go to do the thing she yelled at me to do, she'll yell at me for not doing what I was originally doing. It would be an endless cycle. Now, fast forward to about a week ago, I don't do evening shifts, only mornings, but one of my coworkers' cars wouldn't start because of the snow, and I wasn't busy that day, so I offered to take the shift. It was a night shift. Abby happened to be working. It was the peak of the blizzard, so it was slower than I've ever seen. I was assigned to cashier, and Abby was assigned to greet, hostess. Anyway, Abby would keep going to the back to help someone else, although he was doing just fine. Anytime I would walk away from the cashier stand for a work-related task, she would yell at me, telling me that I needed to stay at the front. A customer came in and paid for their pickup order. If it's not prepaid and order remains in a hot box until it gets paid for, I went to go grab the order and Abby yells at me for not being up front. I calmly explained to her what I was doing and she clearly was annoyed and yells at me to hurry up. A lot of little instances similar to that. She left me alone up front and expected me to do my job and hers without leaving the station. Eventually I'd had enough, and when the opportunity presented itself, I couldn't pass it up. Cue the malicious compliance. A customer spilled a to-go water on the front counter. I began to clean it up. A party comes in to be set. And that's when I saw my opportunity. I call back to Abby to let her know that there were people up front. She tries to tell me to take care of it but I returned to the counter to continue cleaning up the mess before she could finish. She storms up front and seats the party. When she's done, she comes over to me and starts yelling at me for not doing what she told me. I explained that I was staying up front, like she said, and I was doing my job. She told me that cleaning the mess could wait, which I responded that no, it couldn't, because the water was beginning to spill towards the register and cords, which could be bad. There wasn't an argument she could make to this, and she just storms away. I was satisfied with this outcome. All I can say is, this is definitely one of those jobs you stick it out until you can find a better opportunity elsewhere. Our next story is, IT versus Finance, a simple win. I work in an IT team for a large government department. One of my responsibilities is to invoice the various teams slash departments that have workloads in our cloud environment. That information is used by our finance team to recover the charges from the respective teams and departments. For a long time, the recovery charges were manually collated into a spreadsheet by admin staff and sent to finance to process. The relationship between the admin and finance was not the best. Lots of snotty emails flying back and forth about mistakes, missing cost centers, sign-offs and approvals, incorrect recoveries and otherwise minor things. It was made worse by finance changing their requirements every couple of months, refusing to do recoveries and causing a lot of consternation and aggravation in general. 
One day, finance decided they needed evidence that we were informing customers of their charges. At this point, I was over it, which is when my malicious compliance came into play. They didn't specifically state how this evidence should look or how it should be delivered to them. I could have given them access to SharePoint where the invoices were stored. I could have zipped the invoices and included with the spreadsheet. Heck, I could have included a text log showing each invoice being sent. But these don't actually prove the customer received it. So I did the only feasible thing. Include finance on every invoice sent. There are a lot of invoices. I made the change and waited for the next invoice run. A few hundred emails get sent the following month, all CC'd to finance. As expected, finance suffered from verbal diarrhea, hit the roof, and demanded to know why we were including them, and CC'd everyone including my director. I responded with a simple, please refer to the attached email from you, requesting evidence we are informing customers of their charges. Radio silence. It wasn't until the second month of getting these invoices, I was quietly asked to stop including finance. It seemed they didn't need the evidence after all. These days, the relationship with finance has improved a lot. I automated the last remaining parts of the invoicing slash recovery reporting, and by and large, there hasn't been any significant issues since. A far cry from the near constant issues each month for years. I even got a Merry Christmas slash Happy New Year from them, which is a pretty nice win for me. This next story is, Entitled Nonprofit goes from $10 million a year to zero due to arrogance and greed. So I volunteered with a nonprofit service club for almost two decades. We had a fundraiser, legally licensed gambling in our country, that would gross $1.5 million per year. There were only a dozen members, so we didn't do much except hang out, volunteer for other charities, and re-donate the money with a big presentation check. In 2019, we fired one of the two employees for our fundraiser. I agreed to work for three months as a contractor at $25 an hour until they found a replacement. I found ways to improve the fundraiser and turned $1.5 million in annual sales into $8 million after only nine months. Then COVID hit, and I revamped everything again to get us $15 million in annual sales, $10 million net profit in six months. I was working my butt off putting in entire 50 to 60 hour weeks sometimes. The club was pressuring me to submit an invoice as I hadn't been paid the entire time. I wasn't motivated to charge anything since my original intent was to work for free for three months but I finally submitted a discounted invoice for $52,000 for the past 15 months after we all agreed that I'd been working too long and they dropped the ball in their intention to hire a replacement. They paid but freaked out on me and accused me of greed, fraud, incompetence, etc. A combination of their behavior and them being greedy, pushing for massive donations that would get them ahead in their professions, spending money on fancy gala dinners and golf tournaments with the rich elite of the community, etc. And I was frustrated and pissed beyond belief. I stuck around and sometimes got guilted by members into staying after multiple attempts to quit for another year out of loyalty to my staff, almost two dozen at that point, and the charities I was involved with for decades. But I finally broke and walked away at the end of 2021. Here's where the malicious compliance comes in. Before leaving, 
I was implementing a two-part plan for another revamp of the fundraiser to keep up with the huge sales and prizes. Each part had benefits and consequences individually, so they had to be implemented together to balance each other out. The first part took a long time to plan before I left, and once it was ready, it was easy to put the second part in action right away. I reported what I was doing to the club, and they accused me of being incompetent once again for not understanding the consequences of the second part of the plan. They didn't understand the big picture, but I was tired of arguing with them. I implemented the first part, as they had approved, because everything was already changed over and impossible to revert back. I didn't try to convince them at all about the second part being necessary, and left them to deal with the consequences after quitting. A year later, they're accusing me of sabotaging them and not explaining the need for the second part. The fundraiser has fallen apart this past year with less than $2 million in sales, but still with massive expenses, as well as a half-hearted revamped system bleeding money. They've reportedly lost money this year and have no idea what went wrong. I deleted all my documents and plans when I returned the work laptop to them, also as malicious compliance because they asked for it in original condition and ready for someone new to use. It's just a shame that in a field like charity, there's all these bad actors, but I guess when you're at the top, in a lot of places, regardless, it's going to have bad actors. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.